Amen. Please be seated. I'm Pastor Joe. It's good to be here with you this morning. Uh, you know, as these uh, faithful friends lead us into the presence of God each and every week, it's, it's such a joy, isn't it? Let's, uh, let's just celebrate again what God has done. You know, it was, um, it was a pastor uh, in, the, in the Genesee, uh, I think it was Geneseo United Methodist Church. His name was Len Sweet. I don't know if you're familiar with Leonard Sweet or not, but he, uh, he wrote a book on uh, revival and kind of what's taking place, and he studied lots of different revivals, and what happens in revival is when uh, people start to see transformation in it, it turns into this radical thing. And he identified that there was three elements present in all of the revivals that he studied over the, the centuries. And those three things were uh, a, a centrality to the Word of God. So allowing the Word of God to be just that, the Word of God, and, it, and it's directive in our lives, it's encouraging, it's, it's exhorting at times, but allowing the Word of God to be the Word of God. Uh, the second thing was a willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to move in their lives freely. I know that now some of you are probably thinking to yourselves, this guy's gone nuts. And the third thing, the third thing that was present in all of them was uh, a centrality to the supremacy of the person of Jesus Christ. And um, as you read the scriptures, you find in Colossians this declaration of the supremacy of Christ and who Jesus is. And as we just declared, right, that death was arrested and my life began. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the beginning and the end, the firstborn from among the dead, right? And we live in this state of already and not yet, Christ has already come. He has not yet returned, praise God. (laughs) Although, are you ready? Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The only reason Paul advocates that we should um, be, be present on earth is to invite others into this glorious relationship that we've experienced with a holy, good God. And church, this morning I hope uh, the message that I bring to you today um, comes with a couple of things. The first is, I hope that it's an encouragement. That it's an encouragement to those of you who have been faithful in the faith, who are walking in the faith. Fumble. Olivia, do you need a marker for your... Wait a minute, sorry, probably too, too soon for that. When, when a new Bible shows up, which it will, you'll probably need a highlighter. This one doesn't bleed through. An encouragement to those of you who are walking in the faith. And also an encouragement to those of you who maybe are struggling today. I've been uh, walking the earth for 39 years. Alive for 40, but I don't think I was walking before I was one. And one thing I've realized in my time with Christ is that um, it ebbs and flows, doesn't it, with how we feel. Right? Right? Well, I want to uh, encourage you in something this morning, that the same God that is with you in the mountains, right, where your feeling is presence, where you're like, yes, Sunday is awesome, is the very same God who is with you in the valleys that sometimes take place Monday through Saturday. Amen? Okay, so, so God has not abandoned us. God is present with us. Today we're going to be uh, closing out our sermon series titled, Remember When. We've looked at a few different passages, but we've really stuck to the the scriptures in Exodus, beginning with chapter 16, and we looked at God's deliverance, right, 
from the slavery and bondage of sin and death to new life. It took place in the scriptures in Exodus for the Israelites and their bondage to the Egyptians, right? And then the next week we looked at God's provision. Chapter 17. I don't know what life was like at your house a few days ago, but when, uh, when I got up yesterday morning, the truck grunted to start because it was cold. But you know what came with the cold? A nice heavy frost. Scripture describes something like snow on the ground, didn't it? That reminder of God's provision in manna. And then we looked at God guiding and the nine commandments. No, there's ten of them, sorry. Jason, do you know them? You do. You do. Uh, He sent me a, can I tell this story? Yeah, I've already started, so we might as well finish, right? You want to know anyways. What did he send you? What did he send you, Pastor Joe? He sent me a text message stating that uh, he had memorized all ten commandments in order. Check. As well as the two that Christ declared. Check. And I'm assuming was going to put them into practice also. That's me saying check. God guided in the importance of God's word, which is not far from us. And last week, um, I'm so grateful for Tom and his ability to uh, uh, decipher the word of God and to deliver the word of God and the calling that God has placed upon his life as he proclaimed remembering when God was faithful. And you know, as I read the New Testament, and I don't know if you read the the scriptures like I do, but uh, as I read the New Testament, I listen to Paul talking to his other uh, pastors, the ones leading in the local churches and the epistles, and and I hear this narrative of Paul being encouraged when they come back and report favorable things. And as Tom told me about how some came to relationship with Jesus last week and others came back into this right relationship, my heart was filled with joy. Me personally, Joe. I knew what Paul was talking about. So I want to invite you today, if you, um, if you came into church this morning unsure of who, who God is, if you miss everything else, if you miss everything else, know that God loves you and that God is here for a deep, intimate, personal relationship with you. And I know that that sounds sometimes for some of us a little like a little too ushy-gushy, Well, guys, we got to get past ourselves in the ushy-gushy and realize that that God is a holy good God, both lion and lamb. And that there are times when the sword is wielded and there are also times when he is intimately relational. And it's transformational. So as we uh, land this plane, that's a, a term we like to use. Hopefully it's not like when we landed in Uganda, a little bit bumpy on the way in. But I've also uh, done something that the, the tech booth couldn't adjust. I've changed the title for today. Because I didn't think um, when God spoke was an appropriate title. I thought maybe that we would remember when God communicated. You see, communication isn't just speaking. Communication isn't just speaking. So as we get ready to dive into the scriptures today, would you pray for me this morning? Holy God, thank you for your presence, which has already been made known to us. Now, Lord, with the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the message that you've given, that you've spoken to me and given to me to proclaim, may I speak it faithfully. Lord, whether through me or in spite of me, continue to speak to 
your children who are gathered here in your mighty name, Jesus. We praise you. Amen. So if you brought your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me to the book of Exodus. Uh, We're going to be in actually Exodus chapter 33. And I've uh, found myself looking at a few different scripture passages as the sermon has been unfolding. And we're also, we're not going to go there, but I'm going to reference Genesis chapter 32. And um, I'm also going to reference Matthew's gospel, chapter 11. So uh, here are these words from Exodus chapter 33. It's uh, just three little verses today, actually. It's verses 12, 13, and 14. So if you brought your Bibles uh, and you're turning with me to Exodus chapter 33, it should be on your screens. At home, it should be on your television, or maybe you're just listening to it with us. But uh, here are these words. It says, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied to Moses saying, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. There are three things that we're going to look at today. The first is the invitation to wrestle with God. Some of you might not think that's a good idea. I'm going to make an argument that that's probably a very good idea. The second thing we want you to uh, take away today is that we need to yield to his authority. And the last thing is that you have the opportunity to rest in his presence. Is anyone tired? You're like, I don't dare raise my hand right now. What's he going to throw at me or make me do? They may be tired. You see, tired isn't always about like physically being tired. We might be emotionally tired. We might feel spiritually tired. We're triads, mind, body, and soul, right? If any one of those things is out of whack or kittywampus, it goes south pretty quick, doesn't it? If we're physically sick, it's hard to stay mentally sharp and spiritually alert. If we're being affected uh, mentally or emotionally, it's hard to it manifest itself sometimes in the physical, doesn't it? physically ill or spiritually off. And if we're spiritually dry, it plays out in the physical as well, doesn't it? And in the mental. You see, God knew what he was doing when he created us as triads. Holistic. I remember, uh, when, when have you heard God communicate with you? Is anybody else hear an audible voice? Some of you are like, Yep, others are like, I don't dare raise my hand right now. (laughs) You ever hear God through other people? Hopefully on Sunday mornings. (laughs) Just saying the preached word, (laughs) right? How about through through God's creation? Do you ever hear, hear God speak through God's creation? Do you have to hear something to know that someone is speaking or communicating? No, we don't, actually. The scripture says that when when we fail to speak, that even the rocks will cry out, right? That God is the God of all of creation, not just humanity. I remember uh, a while ago, and this, I didn't tell them I was going to use them as a sermon illustration, but I thought maybe it would be a good illustration this morning of hearing God. And sometimes what happens is we start off as, as these children, right? And we have childlike faith. And the scripture talks a lot about having childlike faith. 
and the significance and importance of that because childlike faith is not childish faith. Childish is a behavior, childlike is a position of the heart, right? Are we on the same page there? So separate those two things for a moment. And I remember uh, we were sitting in the house and listening from our bedroom to our two of our daughters talking. And uh, the oldest one uh, and the younger one were communicating and uh, they were talking evidently about hearing from God and, and the oldest one said, well, if you would just shut up for a minute, you'd hear him. <laughs> and I thought to myself, man, how true is that? I would like to invite you to look at something that's taking place here. Moses is having this dialogue with God, right? And all through this sermon series, we've looked at Moses in this narrative where Moses has wrestled with God. Not necessarily in the physical, but definitely in the, the mental, as he's gone back and forth with positioning with God. And you remember what's happening. God has said, God, this isn't a great place to be as the Israelites right now. Because right now, this is really a, this is a, a pivotal moment in the nation of Israel's history right here in this chapter. Will they go on as the people of God or will they not? Because remember, God was sending them off by themselves because they were a stiff, naked people. Stubborn. And Moses has wrestled with God. Who else wrestled with God? Jacob. That's Genesis 32. <laughs> Jacob, it says, wrestled with God. When did he wrestle with God? Before he met, went to meet his brother, whom he stole the birthright from. Remember, he sent all that good stuff ahead of him, and then it says he wrestled with God through the evening. Who else wrestled with God? Some of you are thinking to yourselves about physical wrestling. Let me uh, offer up the name Abraham. Do you think Abraham wrestled with God when God told him to offer his only son Isaac as a living sacrifice? If he didn't, something is wrong with him. But any kind of reasonable thought process tells us that the man wrestled with God until he found a solution to the question that he was asking. Who else wrestled with God? David. There was another man who wrestled with God in a garden. Jesus. I wasn't talking about Adam. Jesus. I would invite you to wrestle with God. Dr. Peterson, who was teaching uh, our uh, uh, philosophy of ethics class at Asbury, challenged me in uh, a couple of things. One is I wondered if the man was even a Christian. So that was challenging in and of itself. But then he invited us to, to wrestle with God and that what happens all too often is as Christians, we, we stop before God's very best. Throughout this text, you hear Moses asking, he wants to know something, doesn't he? He wants to know and he's not going to stop until he gets to the answer that he's looking for. And this professor said, all throughout Scripture we find this invitation to know, to know, to know. And if you're going to wind up knowing something, you have to wrestle through it, don't you? you got to work through it. It's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. Every once in a while our hip gets t 
touched him. We get a, a hitch in our giddy-up, right? That was Jacob. We have to rethink how we do things, but it's not wrong to wrestle. And I would argue that wrestling with God is actually an action of faith. It's actually an action of faith saying, I think this to be true. Help me understand this. And the very act that we came to the table asking questions says we have faith. At least some level. Wrestling with God is not necessarily in and of itself a terrible thing. And I would invite you today, no matter where you are, if you're asking some of the big questions, right? If you're asking the questions like many of us are, God, where are you in the midst of this political mess? If I could be so blunt, without being political, where are you, God? How many have joined me in wrestling with God about that? Where are you, God, when I, my eyes aren't seeing what I think I should see? Right? When sickness doesn't get responded to the way I think it should. Or when someone treats me a certain way. Or when my church doesn't respond the way I feel like it should at times. I would invite you to wrestle with God. Now, there's an element to this wrestling that's really important. You need to know who it is that you are wrestling with. You need to know who it is that you're wrestling with. And at the end of the day, you need to yield to God's authority. You see, all too often we find ourselves looking for an answer and what we really want is someone to justify our position. Amen? I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've counseled over the years where they really want me just to affirm their bad thinking. Okay? I'm not your guy for that. So if that's what you want me to do, I'm not your guy. I'm just, it'll, it'll, we'll, we'll get along a whole lot better if you don't come with that. <laughs> At least from your end, I think. Right? And I think that's often how it is when we wrestle with God, isn't it? We want God to understand things on our perspective rather than allowing ourselves to understand things from God's perspective. And when we sit in those intimate moments for a little while and we wrestle with God and we, we work through some things, and it's tough, isn't it? It hurts. And sometimes it hurts our physical bodies and our mind and our souls. But you know what God does? God does something at the end here that um, sets the stage for what is about to take place. He responds to Moses with this invitation. And I would like you to just um, notice something. So, so Moses is having a very personal dialogue here. This is not a, a corporate dialogue that's taking place. That's where a text without the context is really a dangerous thing. Moses is talking to God about something that Moses needs, right? Who are you going to send with me, Lord? Aaron's about useless. I mean, come on, the man built a golden calf. We got to do better than this, Lord. And what does God respond to Moses' request for, for knowledge with? He says, the Lord replies, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Once we've wrestled with God and we've yielded to the one we're wrestling with's authority, we're able to find rest in his presence. 
I don't know um, what your experience with rest is, but I want to give you a couple of scriptural things to kind of wrap your mind around. What was one of the first uh, crimes we saw in the, in the scriptures? Not the first, but shortly thereafter. We saw, wait, where's Tom? We saw, pew, pew. Or I think it was rock, actually. It doesn't really matter, but we witnessed murder. Who killed who? Cain killed his brother Abel. And if you go back to that narrative in Genesis chapter 6, you're going to find something that takes place. You're going to find that Cain has killed his brother Abel, and all of a sudden there's a, a consequence that comes for that wrongdoing, right? What is that consequence? The Lord says to Cain, I will make you a restless wanderer. A restless wanderer. In other words, someone who will never experience rest. And it doesn't sound like that terrible a thing, does it? I mean, okay, so the dude's not going to sleep. Right? No, no, no. Cain says, no, God, anything but that. Please, not that. You see, when we lack rest, when we lack rest, it affects everything. And the only place that we will find rest True rest is in the presence of God. Fast forward to the book of Matthew, and I told you we were going to look at Matthew chapter 11. And Jesus is having this dialogue, and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, the invitation to Moses is the same invitation that God makes to us. That when we come unto God, he gives us rest by his presence. Now there's something that's taking place in the Old Testament from the New Testament, right? This is the position of where God is. This is really important stuff, actually. You see, Moses has just set up the, the tent of meeting, this place where you can go and meet with God because God wasn't dwelling within the people, right? God was distant from the people. Something happens, though, when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, resurrects from the dead. What does he give to the disciples and to all of humanity at that moment? He breathes upon them, gives them the Holy Spirit, receives the Holy Spirit, and then all of a sudden, God becomes not this external being that we find rest in this area with, but internally dwelling and available to all. It was... Um, Dan Rather, I think that was his name. Was he the, he was the evening news anchor, right? Dan Rather interviewed Mother Teresa. I'm not sure how he got in connection with Mother Teresa, but he interviewed Mother Teresa. And um, he said something like this. He said, you know, um, you say you pray all the time. Is that correct? Well, yeah. Well, what are you saying? And Mother Teresa goes, nothing, I'm listening. He says, okay, well, that's a great answer. Well, what's God saying? Dan Rather asks. And Mother Teresa responds with, nothing. He's listening. And Dan Rather couldn't wrap his mind around that for, that, for a moment. He's like, what do you mean? And she says, if you don't understand that, I can't explain it to you. 
You see, it's enough simply to be in the presence of God. And it's in the presence of God that we experience rest. Some of us are navigating a whole bunch of chaos, right? There's some historical stuff to Cain. Cain went and inhabited a city, right? City of sleeplessness. He never experienced that rest that God invites us to. You think about a man by the name of Dallas Willard. He was a philosophy professor. I don't remember what university, but... No, there was a secular one that he was at too. Uh, It doesn't really matter, but uh, Willard wrote uh, to John Ortberg in Soul Keeping. He said that you must uh, radically and ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. My invitation to you, church, this week is to, uh, to allow the presence of God to give you peace and rest that you might understand that God is speaking and communicating even if you're not audibly hearing something. And to not be a slave any longer to what our culture says we must do or think or feel or have or how our culture says we must respond to things, but to allow the God of the universe to come and for his presence to give you rest. Once we've rested, once we've rested, we won't simply remember when. We'll be living in the presence of all the time. And God does commune with us daily, always. As Olivia was sharing the narrative about our treasures It brought joy to my heart to think about some of the things in my life that I've been able to let go of and let God have full reign in, right? This is one of those that I haven't quite gotten there yet. But I'm not done wrestling. And I hope you don't quit either. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for your presence and your power this morning. God, that your word invites us to this sacred space. Not only where we can experience you from afar, but God, where we can witness you and know your presence in the very near. God, as your church gets ready to to leave this space today, would we have heard from you? Would we have allowed you to communicate with us so that you might communicate through us? Jesus' honor and glory and praise are yours in your holy name. Amen.